that be all right? Because I got something on my heart. You know, the message I preached Friday night was, I had that on my heart all week long. And uh, preached on shrinking islands and sinking ships. Amen. And uh, I don't know how I sounded, but I sure felt good. I don't want to know how I sounded, really. Don't tell me. But I sure did feel the Holy Ghost in that place down at the Hamilton Senior Center Friday night. Power of God was real. There's just few of us. But God's a great big God. If you got something in place you need to feel, fill up. He's the one to call on because he filleth all in all, the scripture says. Glory to God. Amen. Genesis, the 22nd chapter. Oh, I want to tell you that. But all week or, or since Friday, I really, you know, I've got plenty of stuff I could get up and say something, you know. I've been full-time in the ministry for well over 30 years, and, and uh, I could get up and say something. But uh, I don't want to ever be satisfied with just getting up and saying something. Just to be saying something. I don't want to ever be satisfied. Oh, God help me. And I've, and I've tried through the years to never be satisfied. Well, I've got this message and, and I've got this all studied out. And I've got this outline here. And that's just, you know, don't worry about it. But I was praying uh, Saturday, nothing, 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 nothing. It seemed like I just couldn't get a hold of anything. Until after a while, I just give up. Went in there and sat in that chair and just give up. And this morning, about 5:30, I woke up and God was talking to my heart. Are you hearing me? For this service today, God was speaking to my heart. Glory to God. And I tell people that God don't trust me sometimes. He don't trust me with my messages a month ahead of time, a week ahead of time, sometimes. Sometimes he don't trust me when I'm walking into the church building to give it to me until I, until I get into the church building. Well, I've been, I've been preaching revival and camp meeting and walking up to the platform when they called on me. It was a, I was a night speaker and didn't get my message until I was on my way up there. I was preaching up on Lake Erie one time for the Pentecostal Church of God of America and the overseer was there, a bunch of folks was there. And I got up, and you know what I did? I took a text, and I said, folks, I'm going to have to take another text because I don't, I don't have the right message. And so I took another. God didn't give it to me until after I embarrassed myself by reading a, a, a text for another message that I was going to try to just sort of, you know, struggle through. You feel like you got to say something. But I found out you'd be better off just lifting your hands and praising the Lord than just getting up here and saying something. We've got to have the message of the hour. What do y'all think? We've got to hear from heaven. Praise God. And so about 5.30 this morning, I heard these words from heaven. This question, and I want to answer this question. What's all the ruckus? What's all the ruckus? Genesis, the 22nd chapter, verse number 9. Genesis, the 22nd chapter. We'll start reading verse number 9. Praise God. Genesis 22 and 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. This is Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham built an altar there. 
and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now, if your Bible you're reading with me in doesn't say that, you need to throw that one away. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took, to, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, saying, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. You know, I'm open for suggestions, you know, right now. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. The last part of Second or First Corinthians, the tenth chapter and the thirteenth verse. Just the last part of that verse. I want you to. You don't have to turn there, but but maybe you can repeat after me. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. I know it's a lot. But with, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So I want to answer the question here this afternoon. What's all the ruckus? And with that, I want to talk to you about a winsome rendezvous. A wild ruckus and a, uh, and a wasted ram, a winsome rendezvous. You know, there's some words in our English language that just, you don't pronounce them how they are spelled. Especially those words that are influenced by the French language. I mean, chaos, it looks like chouse to me. Potpourri, it looks like potpourri to me. <laughs> Determined, it looks like deader-minded to me. Antique, Sarah says antique to her looks like antique. Look at it, antique. And rendezvous is one of those words that looks like rendezvous. <laughs> rendezvous. Amen. But there's a winsome Randisvis, if you will, rendezvous that is taking place in Genesis, the 22nd chapter. It's an appealing and attractive, winsome thing to imagine that Abraham and Isaac are coming up one side of the mountain, on one side of that precipice to get to the top, while because rams were not native to that area, God is directing a ram to come up the other side of the mountain. And they're going to rendezvous, rendezvous, on top of that mountain. 
It just sort of makes goosebumps come up on my arm when I think about Abraham and Isaac trudging up questions in their mind. Uh, Abraham's heart is no doubt broken. Amen. And Isaac is just wondering, you know, where where is the sacrifice? And I don't know what that ram was a thinking while he was a coming up, but it's just so whimsome, just so appealing, so attractive to think about that rendezvous. Did you know you didn't come to the house of God by accident? You know, it's not a coincidence that you're here today. You know, it's not just by, amen, perchance that God has come down and swept among our midst here at the American Legion Hall post-27. No, my friend, he's here for a reason. There's a rendezvous taking, uh, taking place here among us. Glory to God. It's a rendezvous, a gathering. God is more in control than what even you believers, us believers, think that he is. God has his reins on this thing more than what we can even imagine or comprehend. It's God that's pulling the levers, even and pushing the pedals and pressing the buttons. It's God, amen, that's in control of this universe. The devil may try to lie to you and say that he is, but he's not. God's in control. I said God's in control, and he's wanting to help you here in this service today. He's wanting to touch you. Glory to God. So I see Abraham and Isaac going up one side of the mountain. I see that ram coming up to the other side of the mountain. But after a while, there's a wild ruckus taking place. Glory to God. Uh, back in Indiana, in Ohio and Kentucky, we hunt a lot different than, and for a lot of different things than you all do here. We mainly hunt for white-tailed deer. And use it with a bow because the woods are so crowded during the, the very short firearm season. And so if you're going to hunt in Indiana and Ohio, you're going to have to learn how to climb fences. You are. You ain't going to get nowhere unless you learn how to climb fences. And a lot of them old fences back there made out of them locust <laughs> poles that they've got from them locust tree, and, they, and they're hard. And some of them have been back there years and years and years and years. And when I ever got when I got permission to hunt, and just about everybody would let me hunt, seemed like, and I get permission to hunt, I always tried to take care of the fences. Make sure that even if it's old, it maybe not look like it was serving any purpose, but there was a reason why somebody put that fence there. The reason it was there. And it wasn't my fence, and I was gonna take care of it. But I remember one day, I think Stephen was with me. I don't think Eric was old enough, but Stephen was with me. And we came upon, we was coming out from hunting. We'd carry our tree stands and our backpacks. And, you know, and sometimes we'd even bring a lunch and we'd eat. But uh, we was coming out and we came up on this fence line. And we seen when a, where a doe had tried to jump over a fence. It was a woven wire fence with two strands of barbed wire. It may have had one, but I think it's two strands of barbed wire on top of it. And, and that deer had jumped over and caught its back foot in between them barbed wire. And it had twisted and to where it held him, that, that doe, rather, that held that doe. And by the time we got there, that doe was dead. It, I don't know how long it had been there. might have been there overnight. may have been longer than that. I don't know. We'd come out a different way than what we'd come in. And we didn't see it then. But I was just thinking about that deer being trapped. And I thought, man, there was a time if I would have been in this place, there would have been a commotion going on right here. 
I mean, even a, a doe is very strong, powerful. And man, I tell you what, you could probably hear the vibrations up and down that fence for a long ways on either side of where that deer was stuck in that fence. And there was a commotion taking, taking place. From what I've seen, them bighorn sheep, if that's what this was, this ram, from what I've seen of them, they're a whole lot more powerful looking than a white-tailed deer. I mean, it seems like they got muscles bulging everywhere. And if one had up on Mount Moriah got his horns caught in a thicket, I'm telling you, there's a commotion taking place. Will somebody shout amen? There was a wild ruckus taking place. You know why I'm a screaming like I am? Because there's something going on. There's something taking place in this place here today. Would you lift your hands to heaven and praise him? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. In verse number 13 of Genesis 22, after the Lord, the angel of the Lord has talked to Abraham, the Bible said behind him there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And I'm telling you what, if I got any imagination whatsoever, if I knew anything whatsoever, that was probably a sight to behold and a sound to hear. That ram caught in the thicket by its horns. You remember in the 26th chapter of the book of Acts when Paul's addressing King Agrippa, Festus has brought him, brought him there and King Agrippa is there as a guest to Festus the governor. And Paul begins, he brings Paul forth to, to address the governor, or address the king rather, Agrippa. Festus has brought him forth and he said, having therefore obtained help, Paul did, He's talking to Agrippa and Festus and the audience of the court there. He said, having therefore obtained help from God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both small to small and great, saying none other things that those things which the prophets of Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth, now he's speaking to Agrippa, for the king knoweth of these things before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. Somebody shout glory. For this thing was not, there's a ruckus going on. I said there is a, there's a movement going on. I mean, there is, there is a great commotion going on. I believe it's going on in the land today. I believe it's going on in America and around the world. Will somebody shout amen? What's all the ruckus about? I'm telling you what all the ruckus is about. It's God making a way of escape for you. That's what it's all about. Amen. What is it about? It's God making a way to where you can escape. I preached a while back. To the congregation up there in Charlotte, I preached on, we have already lost some. Let's don't lose any more. James has already been beheaded, and Peter's in prison, so they hold a prayer meeting, and they could have very well said, hey, we're having this prayer meeting because we've already lost James. Let's don't lose Peter. 
And at one point of that service, and some of you have repeated it back to me. I had Peter knocking on the door. God had delivered him. The people, the saints had prayed. And God had delivered him from the prison. But Peter was knocking at the door. But they, they wouldn't open the door. They couldn't believe it was Peter. Oh, are you hearing me? Are we going to let this opportunity pass us by is what I told you then. And when Peter's at the door, won't you just get up and go and open the door and let Peter, what you've been praying for, what you've been dreaming about, what you've been hoping for is at the door. Won't you go ahead and go and open the door? And finally, as Sister Crystal comes to the piano, not only do I see here a winsome rendezvous and a wild ruckus, but I also see a wasted ram. My, my. I don't in the account here in Genesis 22, I don't see it wasted there. For the Bible said that Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. What's the ruckus all about? If you're here today and you're going through a trial and you're trying to trust in Jesus and it just seems like that you've been painted in a corner and you've been, you've been hemmed into a narrow place. If you're here today and just seem like one thing after another is coming your life to try to tear you down. I'm telling you, he will not suffer us to be tempted above that which we are able but with every temptation, he would make a way of escape. Will somebody shout amen? That's what the ruckus is. God's trying to show you the way to get out of where you're at right now. You can't survive right there, but he, God's got a door open. Amen. He's rattling the door. He's rattling the hinges. Won't you get up and walk through it? Don't waste this opportunity. Don't waste God's efforts. Well, King Agrippa, Paul asked him, Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Paul answered for him. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. What in the world would we have thought of Abraham? Man, there's a, I mean, that ain't something you see every day, a ram with its horns caught in the thicket. Right there for the taking. He realized it was a gift from God. It was God's way to escape this trial. But what if he would have said, well, i, I got to do this. I can't do that. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, you know, I don't care what Grandpa said. If the Bible don't back it up, we need to do what the Bible says. I don't care what you and I was taught when we were kids. I mean, if it was if it was truth, praise God for it. It'll bear, amen, it'll stand the test of time. But if it was a bunch of balderdash and hogwash, we need to get in the Bible and find out what the truth is and believe in God for ourselves. Will somebody shout glory? Huh? 
I know that Abraham was trying to obey God. Abraham was believing. You read in the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew writer is just sure to state, I mean, it's plain that Abraham believed he was obeying God, which God had told him to do that. But God seen the future. God knew what was going to happen. God knew how it was going to all turn out. Abraham, by faith, he took his son and he was going to sacrifice him on that altar. He was going to obey God no matter what. And he was going. But the Bible, even in the Hebrews uh, Bible, is very plain to let us know that God, that Abraham believed that he was going to kill Isaac and God was going to raise Isaac from the dead. That's what Abraham believed. But he had gotten orders and he was going to be obedient to those orders. Sometimes we can get on stuck on things, but you know sometimes God gives more orders. Sometimes God gives instructions and then after a while he gives more instructions. Will somebody shout amen? Amen. And if we're so just bent, well, bless God, when I was back there, you know, knee hiding a grasshopper, that's what God spoke to me to do. Has he, ta- has he talked to you since? Have you talked to him since? And have you let him deal with your heart since? Sometimes, oh, should I say that we need to listen to what God's trying to tell us today. Not that that wasn't right. Many of those things are right. And I praise God. I'm glad. I was glad that I was taught the truth. I was glad that there was people that preached to me. It wasn't all true. It wasn't all right. But I'm glad somebody had enough burden to open the Bible and say, hey, this is what we need to do. My sheep know my voice. I want you to hear me today. I know this has been different. But I like it. I'm trying to, I hope we catch this on. I wouldn't mind it happening just like this every time. Are you hearing me? Except for I'd love to hear these other singers a lot better than I like to hear myself. But I want you to hear me. Are you going to waste that ram? God has, God's caught a ram for you. And it's going to be, it's going to be the sacrifice instead Instead of what? Well, just whatever, pull in the, put in the blank. It's going to be the sacrifice. Instead, God's opened the door for you. God's made a way of escape. That escape hatch has been opened. Amen, won't you run through it? Amen, I said, won't you run through it here today? Hallelujah. I've already preached about twice as long as I thought I would. And I know people's already been to this altar. But are you going to waste another ram? I'll confess to you, there's been times, and Sister Crystal begins to play, there's been times that I've wasted opportunities. Stubborn, bullheaded, which in some ways is qualification for pastor. And God was showing me, hey, I got an escape for you. You don't have to hurt like you're hurting. You don't have to be offended like you've been offended. You don't have to dwell on these things that just pull you down and stop you under their feet. You don't have to become bitter. I got a door open for you, he's saying. I got a ram caught in the thicket. 
glory to God instead of being hurt instead of being bitter instead of being in pain instead of being depressed amen won't you just go over instead <laughs> won't you go through that door instead there's a way for you to escape and I believe by the authority of God's word and by the Holy Ghost that I'm feeling all, all over better than any place else I believe if you'd step out right now by faith and come to this altar while Sister Crystal's a singing I believe God's going to show you a door. I believe God's going to show you a ram. Peter's at the door. Who's going to get up and come open it? If you'll come by faith, you don't have to hurt like you're hurting. Christ said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You don't have to continue down this dark path. There's a door that leads to light. Would you come? Would you come let the Lord help you? Would you come and let the Lord touch you? In Jesus' name.